0: Stuff I Learned Yesterday, episode number 533 A Patchwork of Opportunity. Welcome to Stuff I Learned Yesterday. I'm Daryl Darnell. I have officially decided to sell my late 2012 27 inch iMac. And I believe that if you aren't learning, you aren't living. In today's episode of Stuff I Learned Yesterday, I look at what I've learned from my older brother. Well, happy Monday to you. Welcome to Stuff I Learned Yesterday. Whether this is your 533rd episode of the podcast or your first podcast, thanks for turning on the podcast today and giving it a listen. And here we are on the week of Thanksgiving in the United States, so I thought I would share some fun facts about Thanksgiving. According to what traditionally is known as the first Thanksgiving, the 1621 feast at Plymouth Colony contained waterfowl, venison, fish, lobster, clams, berries, fruit, pumpkin, and squash. William Bradford noted that besides waterfowl, this is a quote, besides waterfowl, there was a great store of wild turkeys of which they took many, end quote. Many of the foods that were included in the first feast, except notably the seafood, have since gone on to become staples of the modern Thanksgiving dinner. Early feasts of the Order of Good Cheer, a French-Canadian predecessor to the modern Thanksgiving, featured a potluck dinner with freshly hunted fowl, game, and fish hunted and shared by both French Canadians and local natives. The use of the turkey in the United States for Thanksgiving precedes Lincoln's nationalization of the holiday in 1863. Alexander Hamilton proclaimed that no, quote, citizen of the United States should refrain from turkey on Thanksgiving Day, end quote. And many of the founding fathers, particularly Benjamin Franklin, had high regard for the wild turkey as an American icon. But turkey was uncommon as Thanksgiving fare until after 1800. By 1857, turkey had become a part of the national dinner in New England. And that comes straight from Wikipedia. So I found that interesting, particularly... The uh, the seafood parts. Now I live here in Middle America. We are very much steak country here, like we are, you know, cattle country, right? Beef and cattle and all that good stuff. Uh, so we obviously have seafood restaurants here, but I kind of try to reserve my seafood meals for when I visit the coasts. And so I'm wondering if those of you who do live on the coasts, if you still have. Um, seafood elements as part of your Thanksgiving dinner I recognize here the end of this said that you know even in the parts of New England the turkey had kind of become the traditional fare but I'm uh, still curious if you have some seafood elements in uh, what you serve traditionally uh, for your Thanksgiving dinner I know that some of us like to break tradition and maybe we don't like turkey or try to do something different and I I think those are, are cool things but I'm wondering Traditionally speaking, in your families, do you have uh, seafood elements? Because I found that to be really interesting. All right. Well, you know what else I think is interesting? You. That's right. I do. I think that you and your stories and the stuff that you've learned in your life are interesting. And I would love to hear from you for this week's Friday Forum. The mailbag is empty right now, which means it's a great opportunity for you to call at 304-837-2278 or go over to goldenspiralmedia.com slash feedback where you can utilize one of several ways we have there for you to make your contribution. You can type it out, use the SpeakPipe widget, attach an audio file, and uh, so seriously, I would love to have you as a part of this week's Friday forum again your chance to share if you're wondering what the deadline is for this week with the holiday well don't worry about it i probably still won't record the episode until late thursday night after thanksgiving is done the kids are in bed and you know i'm (laughs) probably should go to bed i'll probably bust it out then anyway so you probably still have until pretty late on thursday to get that contribution in but don't delay go ahead and send that in today Now, here's what I learned yesterday. As I drove my 1984 Toyota Celica GT northbound on the Broadway extension here in Oklahoma City, the sound of wait, wait, don't tell me from WBEZ Chicago filled the air. Traffic that day was flowing smoothly. The temperature inside my car was cool thanks to the still-functioning nearly 30-year-old air conditioning system. The temperature outside the car was in the high 90s. While the air temperature inside of the car didn't worry me, that outside temperature did. My car's engine temperature was running hot. I was concerned that once I got into town and brought the car to a stop, the engine temperature would rise even more. Well, my concerns proved to be true. While traveling 70 miles an hour, there is a steady stream of air flowing through the radiator. When the car comes to a stop, the airflow stops too. As soon as the light turned green, I found the nearest parking lot and pulled over. There was no way I could drive the remaining four miles to my home. I was forced to stop and give the car a break. In much the same way, Thanksgiving is a forced break for most of us in the United States this week. For those of you in Canada, I know you already had your break. But regardless of when Thanksgiving shows up on your calendar, The principle is the same. Whether we like it or not, a break is upon us. Many of you know that I'm a workaholic. I'm still making progress toward working less, although not as quickly as I would like. But weeks like this one force me to pull over to the side of the road, sit a spell, and take a break. There's a part of me that hates that. I love to keep my routine and check things off my list and be productive. But when I pull off to the side of the road and pop up the hood and take a look inside of me, I realize that alternating my routine is good. I remember that there's more to life than checking things off a list. I realize that there are myriad ways to define productivity. This week we celebrate Thanksgiving. We pull off the side of the road and spend time with family and friends and eat lots of food and watch lots of football. and hopefully take a moment or two to reflect and ponder those things for which we should give thanks. So today, I want to express my appreciation and gratitude for my brother. Nathan Lee Darnell is two years, three months, and two days older than me. He's my oldest friend. He's the first person I ever admired. When I was nervous about starting school, he calmed my fears. When I needed help learning how to ride a bike, he was there to encourage me. He was my Lincoln Log buddy, my Hot Wheels companion, my Lego construction mate. Nathan and I have always had different interests. I've always found more enjoyment with my face in a book or in front of a computer screen. He's always found pleasure with sticks and balls and competitive sports. Because I always admired his athletic ability, I tried to compete on football fields and basketball courts. Those efforts only ended with players and coaches laughing at me. My personality is more passive and laid back. Nathan is passionate and is not afraid to speak his mind. When we were kids, I thought he was stubborn and unnecessarily argumentative. Now I realize it He simply has a strong moral compass and speaks up when he perceives injustice. When I graduated high school, I made a smooth transition into college and then career. Nathan did not. He went to a junior college where he could play competitive basketball, but academics were never his interest. He struggled to find roots there. He spent time in California with our mom, but he struggled to find roots there too. Finally. He decided his best option was to join the United States Army. I supported his decision and was proud of him for making it. Our dad, uncle, and grandfather all served in the military, and I was happy that he had chosen to continue that legacy. I never had a desire to join the military, and if I'm being totally honest, I was too much of a coward to sign up. If Nathan could control his passion, he would make a great soldier. I always considered myself to be one that respected the men and women that serve in our armed forces, but my appreciation for them increased when Nathan enlisted. However, when Nathan was called to serve in Iraq, my respect for them skyrocketed. Fortunately, Nathan made it home safely, of course, much to our delight. His coming home ceremony at Fort Sill is still one of the most amazing things that I have ever witnessed. Nathan's unit was eventually called upon to serve a second tour in Iraq. The second tour was much different. While my brother made it home alive, seven of his brothers-in-arms did not. My brother honors those men by regularly visiting their graves and with the tattoos on his arms that bear their names. Because of this and more, my brother is my hero. After his second tour in Iraq, he was honorably discharged from the U.S. Army. He now works at Tinker Air Force Base, and he's steadily working his way up the ranks. He has a good work ethic, and he works hard each day. Growing up, we didn't always see eye to eye. I mean that quite literally, actually. As my older brother, he's always been bigger than me. Even today, I stand at about six feet tall, and my brother is six feet two inches tall. As all siblings do, we had our fair share of arguments and fights growing up. One time I got so mad at him, I chased him around the inside of the house, then out onto the front lawn, and then around the house, and I finally caught up with him and tackled him. I sat on top of his chest and then punched him in the face. It freaked me out so badly that I jumped up off of him and I ran away. I knew that he could beat me up if he wanted to, and I was afraid that I had just provoked his wrath. Perhaps it was because he once got so mad at me that he punched me in the mouth so hard that my tooth pierced all the way through my lip. Even to this day, we have differing viewpoints on bigger things like political and religious issues and less important things like college sports and music. But why should we agree on each of those things? Here's what I learned. Yesterday I played golf with my brother. We didn't play a traditional 18 holes, but played a target practice game at a place called Top Golf. As nearly every time in our long history that preceded it, my brother beat me. I love to compete against him, even if he does win over 90% of the time. After all, it's every little brother's dream to beat their big brother. On Thursday, my brother will come over to my house and we'll share a meal. We'll talk about sports, and we'll talk about music, and I might just remind him of the time he punched me in the mouth. Will we talk about politics and religion? I don't know. Probably not. But even if we do, it will be civil. Frankly, we don't differ greatly in our political and religious views. We did vote for different candidates a few weeks ago, but that won't come between us. We take time to allow each other to express our views. We try to understand the other's perspective. And I think that we learn a little bit from each other through our discussions. I know that his perspective on the Iraq War really helped me gain a deeper and more accurate understanding of it. As I sat in the parking lot on that hot summer day, my car eventually cooled off and I made my way home. I got my car repaired and... My regular routine continued. My forced break was over. Well, soon enough, this week will pass, and even if it is only for a few short weeks, our routines will return. But let's not rush back into that. For me, I'm going to appreciate this forced break. I'm going to appreciate the time that I have here with my brother and my other family members. Will some of the conversations be boring? Yes. (laughs) Will some of the conversations be frustrating? Yes. Will some of the conversations make me want to pull my hair out? Definitely. But that's okay. I will try my best to appreciate the time I have with my loved ones, learn from their perspective, and enjoy the break. We live in a great nation with a wonderful diversity of people. And while the people we sit across from on Thursday and break bread with may at times be at odds with us, the truth is that we all have much more in common than we have in differences. Each of us in this country represents a small piece of fabric that is sewn into this beautiful patchwork quilt of a nation. People like my brother and the seven soldiers who died while serving alongside him have paid a hefty price to give us the freedom to take care this break. At times it seems like this patchwork quilt is ready to rip apart at the seams. But if we will each do our part to tighten up the seams that we touch, then breaks like these can go a long way to making our quilt bigger and stronger than ever. I'm Daryl Darnell and this has been Stuff I Learned Yesterday. Follow Golden Spiral Media on Twitter at Podcasts and facebook.com slash Media. Join the Stuff I Learned Yesterday Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash stuff I learned yesterday. And if you've enjoyed this episode, I'd be grateful if you'd share this podcast with a friend.